Good evening. Welcome to Hope. I'm Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. So good to be gathered together tonight for worship. Here we are. We're in the middle of the beauty of summer, and we continue this, this sermon series, The Master Gardener. We've been looking at some of the stories, the parables, the words of Jesus that he spoke about the earth, about the wheat, about the flowers, and about the dirt, and it's today that Jesus uses a seed to teach us about his death and his resurrection, and what it means for the life of this world, for the lives that, that you and I lead each and every day, and for all of eternity. Pray with me as we begin. Father in heaven, teach us with your word to know you, to grow more like you, and to be shaped into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Earlier this summer, my wife and I, we spent a few days redoing this piece of, of landscape in the back of our house, and so we pulled a bunch of weeds, and we transplanted, it's in the shade, and so we transplanted some sedum and some, some hostas, and we planted this little apple tree that I'm pretty sure isn't going to make it. Uh, we, we laid down some fabric, and we uh, laid down some bl dark brown mulch, and we reset the block edging that was around. We're not master gardeners, but... Uh, uh, it looks pretty good. And, and a few weeks, just a few short weeks after we finished, the big silver maple in our backyard, the one that we love, the one that gives us the shade while we sit, the one that uh, my son uh, loves to, to be under when he's playing at his water table, that tree, it, it got in just a little bit of trouble with me because it decided that it was time to drop its seeds. And you know the ones I'm talking about, those little helicopters that you used to sit and, and pull apart when you were a kid, those came down and they blanketed my dark brown mulch with this coating of tan helicopters, and it didn't even ask first if it could do that. Can you imagine the audacity of that tree? I got over it, because there are some things in life you can't control, this being one of them, but then it got worse. I walked out into our landscape the other day, and I realized that some of those little seeds, they had sprouted They'd found their way down into the mulch, and, and they'd stopped being seeds, and they started being these little, tiny maple trees. So I've been pulling them, one batch after another, such is life, and I suppose that I can't really be that mad about it because those seeds, they're just doing what they are supposed to do. They're finding their way down into the dirt, into the darkness, to be transformed, to be changed, to die there under the earth and to rise out of the ground, green, full of leaves, dying to become life. That's what they're supposed to do. And if I'm honest, I'm glad they do it because they make the world a beautiful place. It's the seeds of the ground that, that sprout up and feed us, that put oxygen in the air for us to breathe. So I'm glad that those seeds do what they do because it's that kind of dying and rising that gives life to the world. There was a time that Jesus went into hiding. 
He drew away from the people of Judea and he, he waited with his disciples out in the wilderness. Days before that happened, before he decided to go and hide, he had come to this place called Bethany. It was less than two miles away from the city of Jerusalem. And he was there because he had learned about someone who was sick. And while he was there, he learned about a death, the death of a man named Lazarus. Lazarus and his family were these dear, dear people to Jesus. He loved them, and that's why he had come in the first place. And it was there at Lazarus' tomb that Jesus cried. The, the tears streamed down his face, and he did. Then, after he had wept the unimaginable, he asked the people to roll away the stone, and he called out, Lazarus, come out! And Lazarus did, still wrapped in the things of death these strips of, of linen, the cloth around his face, and Jesus said, take those things off of him, because Lazarus was alive. If you've ever lived in a small town, you know that something like that wouldn't stay secret for very long. The people heard about it and they were amazed, but the priests and the Pharisees, the religious professionals, they were threatened by that and they started to plot the death of Jesus because they couldn't have him out there doing miracles like that anymore. That just wouldn't do. So Jesus went and hid for a few days. And then at the right time, he came back. He came back to Bethany and he sat and he had dinner with his friends. There sitting with him was Lazarus. And then he came to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. He came in riding on a donkey and the people shouted, Hosanna, save us, because they knew they had heard that this man could bring life from death. And while he's there in Jerusalem, for the festival of the Passover, there's some Greeks who come to be a part of the festival and they wanted to see him. They'd heard about these miracles and signs that Jesus had performed and they wanted to see his face. They wanted to look into his eyes. They wanted to hear the sound of his voice. And so they come to Philip. Philip has a Greek name. He's one of Jesus' disciples. Maybe he speaks Greek. Maybe he will help them. And Philip goes and tells Andrew and he and Andrew go and tell Jesus. There's some men, some non-Jews, some Gentiles some Greeks who want to get to know you and it's when Jesus hears this it's this signal for him and he speaks the words of our gospel message today he says the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified very truly I tell you unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it dies it produces many seeds. The time has come. This man who has healed people, who has fed people, who's forgiven people, Jesus, the Son of God, is about to do what he came to do, what God had purposed and planned like a seed that goes into the earth and dies, like a seed that rests in the nothingness of the ground, like a seed that sprouts forth with new life, green and good, like that seed, Jesus will die and he's gonna lay in the tomb and then he will be raised to new life, but his death is gonna be different than every other death that ever has been and his resurrection is gonna be so much more than the resurrection of his friend Lazarus because the death of Jesus will bring life and salvation to the world. It's exactly what God had planned. Years before, way back at the beginning, 
Sin and death had had shattered the world that God had made, but God didn't abandon his people, his children, so he made a way. He loved this world so much that he sent his son into the world, and his son would live and die and rise again. And when we believe in him, there's a promise for you and for me, a promise of new and good and eternal life. Jesus talks today about seeds, but he's not talking about seeds at all. He's not talking about wheat or some pesky silver maple in your backyard. He's talking about his life and his death on a cross. This pain-filled, shameful death and a life that's going to spring out of the ground, out of the tomb. A life for you and me. Because it's ours too. This forgiven righteous, this good, eternal life. It's ours when we come to faith in him. And because of it, we don't have to fear death. And we don't have to be defined by this world, by life. You see, the death and resurrection of Jesus, that's the only thing that defines who we are. It's not our jobs, not our titles, not the things that we're good at, not the things that we're bad at, not our failures, not our faults, not the things we've done, not the things that we haven't done. It's only the death and resurrection of Jesus that says that we are forgiven, that we are worthy, and that we are being called back to a life with him. That's the seed that rises. Jesus continues with these words. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will be also. By his dying and rising, Jesus calls us to be little seeds too. To die and rise with him, not just at the end of our days when death comes for us, but every day. To die to this world, to repent of this life and what the world says is valuable. And to rise to the life that he offers. To be planted and to sprout to die and to rise. And as we do, we find ourselves in sort of this strange in-between, the almost of, of life eternal, but the not yet of this world. We're caught between this earth, our lives, and our eternal life in heaven. The night of sin and darkness is all around you and me, but the light of day, of salvation and hope, it's always there on the horizon, right in front of us, lighting the way. And that's right where we are supposed to be, right where we need to be, where we're called to be, because as we die and rise in Jesus, the kingdom of God, sprouts all around us. The leaves shoot out of the ground like little weeds as we let go of the lives that we cling to in this earth and grab on to the salvation that Jesus pours out in his death and his resurrection. There's a man named Mark, and Mark was clinging just barely clinging on to the things of life. He worked this job that he hated that barely made ends meet. 
His wife was pregnant with her second child, and, and she was ready to leave. She loved him, but, but everything in their life was, was tight, and everything was tense. And, and it's like he was squeezing so hard. He was grabbing onto life so hard, especially onto money, that he was so absolutely miserable, and it was suffocating the whole family. And in his desperation, he asked God what to do, and the answer he heard as he was listening wasn't the one that he wanted to hear. What he heard God's voice leading him to was this, start giving some of your money away. That stuff that you're clinging to, let go of it. Give some of it back to me. It was absolutely counterintuitive. And Mark's first response to this was no way. Absolutely not. But it persisted. And eventually he decided that he would try. And he made a bold step and he said for a year, right there as he was scraping by, for a year of his life, as he's barely holding it all together, he said that he would give 10% of what he had back to God. It changed his life forever. And I'll tell you, it wasn't because when he started doing that, he was abundantly blessed with more, that he felt immediately like he had enough. But over time, he was blessed because he learned something. He learned to let go. He learned to trust God. He learned to prioritize with what he had. He learned to be patient. And he found something else when he depended on Jesus that he couldn't find anywhere else. Joy. For Mark, it was kind of a dying and rising. This seed of selfishness and scarcity that he held so dear died. And in Jesus, hope and joy sprouted out for him and for his family. Victor. Victor grew up in a very tough home. An abusive home, his stepdad was physically, verbally abusive, horrible, horrible things. And so he channeled all of his energy as a kid, all of his rage, all of his trauma, all of the stuff he was dealing with into martial arts and became very good at it. He became a seventh degree black belt and eventually a teacher and a trainer, trained law enforcement and, and special operators in the military, very, very good at what he did. He left home. And he never looked back until one day he heard that his stepfather was sick, was dying. This man he hadn't talked to in years, hadn't seen him in years. And in fact, he never, ever wanted to see him again. But he felt this calling from God. His faith was telling him that he needed to go and see this man. So he did. He went and he sat in the hospital room with his stepdad, and, and there's part of him sitting there saying, well, well, finally this man gets what he deserves. But there was another part hearing God's voice saying, I died for this man too. And he felt the burden of his stepdad's soul. He went home that night, and, and he was sleeping, and he woke up in the middle of the night, and he started to pray got on his knees and he started to pray that God would save this man, that this stepdad that, that he, he hated for all of the things that he had done in his life. And Victor says that to do that, 
Even to be able to pray in that moment, he himself had to die. There was a part of him that had to die. That bitterness, that anger had to die so that Christ could come in and change his heart. It was the next day that he went back to the hospital. He watched as his stepfather was talking to a nurse. And he heard his stepfather's words. He said, I'm not worried about death or my soul because of Jesus. And him and his father in those last days reconnected. It was healing for both men. And Victor now has gone on to run this global organization that helps kids affected by abuse and trauma. Dying and rising. For Victor, it was the death of his own hurts and all that he was hanging on to. And in Christ, it was rising to forgiveness and peace for him, for his stepdad, and for so many others. I remember sitting one day with a woman named Mary, an older woman who was sick. And she knew that her time on earth was limited. We were talking about that, and she said to me, you know, ever since I've been a little girl, I've known that God was with me. And I know that he's with me even now. Her daughter lived far away from her, and and so eventually her daughter moved her mother across the state so that she could be with family in her last days. And a few months later, I remember seeing her picture in the paper. She had died. And I knew that because of her faith, because of Jesus and his death and resurrection, that she closed her eyes in death with hope and assurance that she would rise with him. Dying and rising. Losing life to keep it forever in him. There's something in all of us a life that we cling to, and there are parts of that life that we need to let go of, that we need to bury deep in the ground so that we can rise with him. Bury those things like seeds. Let them lie there in the earth and be watered by the grace and goodness of Jesus Christ so that they can rise with him. We can do that. We can die and rise today in this life and someday forever through Jesus and only Jesus because by his cross and his empty tomb, like a seed in the ground ready to spring forth, he's made a way. Amen. Father in heaven, the hour has come for you to be glorified like a seed Jesus Christ entered death and rose to new life so that we might be forgiven so that we might be made new so that we might be called your children so that we might know a life with you on earth and eternally in heaven Help us to trust it, Lord, to believe.
In Jesus' name, amen.